It's November the 20th, and you're listening to the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and today's Old Testament reading begins in Ezekiel chapter 40, verse 28, and it'll end in chapter 41, verse 26. As always, I'm reading out of the NLT, New Living Translation. Ezekiel chapter 40, verse 28. Then the man took me to the south gateway, leading into the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard alcoves, dividing walls, and entry room were the same size as those in the others. It also had windows along its walls and in the entry room. And like the others, the gateway passage was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. The entry rooms of the gateways leading into the inner courtyard were 14 feet across and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. The entry room to the south gateway faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its columns, and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me to the east gateway, leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard alcoves, dividing walls, and entry rooms were the same size as those of the others, and there were windows along the walls and in the entry room. The gateway passage measured 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. Its entry room faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its columns, and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me around to the north gateway, leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. The guard alcoves, dividing walls, and entry room of this gateway had the same measurements as in the others, and the same window arrangements. The gateway passage measured 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three-fourths feet wide. Its entry room faced into the outer courtyard, and it had palm tree decorations on the columns. There were eight steps leading to its entrance. A door led from the entry room of one of the inner gateways into a side room, where the meat sacrifices was washed. On each side of this entry room were tables, where the sacrificial animals were slaughtered for burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings. Outside the entry room, on each side of the stairs going up to the north entrance were two more tables. So there were eight tables in all, four inside and four outside, where the sacrifices were cut up and prepared. There were also four tables of finished stone for preparation of the burnt offerings, each 31 and a half feet inches square and 21 inches high. On these tables were placed the butchering knives and other implements for slaughtering the sacrificial animals. There were hooks, each three inches long, fastened all around the foyer walls. The sacrificial meat was laid on the tables. Inside the inner courtyard were two rooms, one beside the north gateway facing south and the other beside the south gateway facing north. And the man said to me, The room beside the north inner gate is for the priest who supervised the temple maintenance. The room beside the south inner gate is for the priest in charge of the altar, the descendants of Zadok, for they alone of all the Levites may approach the Lord to minister to him. Then the man measured the inner courtyard And it was square, 175 feet wide and 175 feet across. The altar stood in the courtyard in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the entry room of the temple. He measured the walls on either side of the opening to the entry room, and there were eight and three-fourths feet. They were eight and three-fourths feet thick. The entrance itself was 24 and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side of the entrance were an additional five and one-fourth feet long. The entry room was 35 feet wide and 21 feet deep. There were ten steps leading up to it, with a column on each side. Chapter 41, beginning with verse 1. After that, the man brought me into the sanctuary of the temple. He measured the walls on either side of its doorway, and they were ten and a half feet thick. The doorway was seventeen and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side of it were eight and three-fourths feet long. 
The sanctuary itself was 70 feet long and 35 feet wide. Then he went beyond the sanctuary into the inner room. He measured the walls on either side of its entrance, and there were three, they were three and a half feet thick. The entrance was ten and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side of the entrance were twelve and one-fourth feet long. The inner room of the sanctuary was thirty-five feet long and thirty-five feet wide. This, he told me, is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple, and it was ten and a half feet thick. There was a row of rooms along the outside wall. Each room was seven feet wide. These side rooms were built in three levels, one above the other with thirty rooms on each level. The supports for these side rooms rested on exterior ledges on the temple wall. They did not extend into the wall. Each level was wider than the one below it, corresponding to the narrowing of the temple wall as it rose higher. A stairway led up from the bottom level through the middle level to the top level. I saw that the temple was built on a terrace which provided a foundation for the side rooms. This terrace was ten and a half feet high. The outer wall of the temple's side rooms was eight and three-fourth feet thick. This left an open area between these side rooms and the row of rooms along the outer wall of the inner courtyard. This open area was 35 feet wide and it went all the way around the temple. Two doors opened from the side rooms into the terrace yard, which was eight and three-fourths feet wide. One door faced north and the other south. A large building stood on the west facing the temple courtyard. It was 122 and a half feet wide and 157 and one half feet long, and its walls were eight and three-fourths feet thick. Then the man measured the temple, and it was 175 feet long. The courtyard around the building, including its walls, was an additional 175 feet in length. The inner courtyard to the east of the temple was also 175 feet wide. The building to the west, including its two walls, was also 175 feet wide. The sanctuary, the inner room, and the entry room of the temple were all paneled with wood, as were the frames of the recessed windows. The inner walls of the temple were paneled with wood, above and below the windows. The space above the door, leading into the inner room and its walls inside out, were also paneled. All the walls were decorated with carvings of cherubim, each with two faces, and there was a carving of a palm tree between each of the cherubim. One face, that of a man, looked toward the palm tree on one side. The other face, that of a young lion, looked toward the palm tree on the other side. The figures were carved all along the inside of the temple from the floor to the top of the walls, including the outer wall of the sanctuary. There were square columns at the entrance to the sanctuary, and the ones at the entrance of the most holy place were similar. There was an altar made of wood, five and one-fourth feet high and three and a half feet across. Its corners, base, and sides were all made of wood. This, the man told me, is the table that stands in the Lord's presence. Both the sanctuary and the most holy place had double doorways, each with two swinging doors. The doors leading into the sanctuary were decorated with carved cherubim and palm trees, just as on the walls, and there was a wooden roof at the front of the entry room to the temple. On both sides of the entry room were recessed windows decorated with carved palm trees. The side rooms along the outside wall also had roofs. This concludes our Old Testament reading. Moving into the New Testament, James chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme to kill and get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure, you adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. 
Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he placed within us should be faithful to him, and he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? Look here. You who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. That concludes our New Testament reading. Moving into our Proverbs reading for the day, it's going to come to us from Proverbs chapter 28, verses 3-5. through 5. A poor person who oppresses the poor is like a pounding rain that destroys the crops. To reject the law is to praise the wicked. To obey the law is to fight them. Evil people don't understand justice, but those who follow the Lord understand completely. And finally, we will be reading Psalm 118, verses 19-29 through 29 in a posture of prayer. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Yes, God, thank you for all that you have done. And above all, Lord, thank you for your faithful love. Even when we are unfaithful, sinful people, your love remains because of what you've done for us through Jesus. Just as the sun rises every day, your grace and your mercy arises anew every day. We thank you for this. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me for today's reading, friends, and I hope to see you back here tomorrow for another day of reading through the Bible together.